Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to human suffering, mental conditions, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. So you have a sty on your rye? We'll take this pumpernickel pill and fork out some sourdough. I'm Adam. Is this podcast fake or real? And if you laugh, does it matter? I'm Andy. What I've learned from this episode is to start my day with a spoonful of sugar. I'm Kelly. All right, brain. I know you can help me, even though you haven't. But what if I give you a Skittle? I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about placebos. I thought he was going to say placenta, and I was going to wonder. (laughs) That's next week. Wink. Delicious. Are we the actual podcast, or are we the control group? Oh, man. I can't tell you. (laughs) We'll reveal it after the study. I was wondering why this podcast was so sweet. (laughs) So, placebo is a straight-up Latin word. It's just straight Latin, and it means, I shall please. please bo. Really? Mm-hmm. And so for anyone not familiar with the term, a placebo is an inert substance or procedure a patient receives and is told that it is something effective. If the patient gets benefits from this false treatment, that is called the placebo effect. They are called a dummy. <laughs> Good job, dummy. <laughs> I think they're called having strong willpower. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. After this, we're going to try <laughs> hypnosis. <laughs> In America, most drugs have to beat a placebo in a randomized, double-blind, controlled trial before they can start being produced. And if I were a pharmacologist, I think I would lose all faith in humanity and become a hermit in face of placebos. But we'll (laughs) talk about why I might be overreacting. You just start selling snake oil. Yeah. Actual snake oil. With alcohol and cocaine. Yeah. Well, just a drop of snake oil. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't have any fill in the blank, and our true-false is going to be a little different today. So to start our acid pop quiz, we'll do some terms. So I'm basically just going to ask you guys, first off, to define some words that I'm going to be using throughout this so that we're all on the same page. So can anyone define a double-blind study? Um, Isn't that where neither the subject nor the person doing the study knows whether the subject is part of the control group or the test group ain't nobody knows what's going on <laughs> yep. I, I believe kelly's right, right but yeah. it's also uh when you ask both uh ray charles and stevie wonder to learn math <laughs> together <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's that's pretty much it and more specifically it's the the person taking the treatment doesn't know what they took and the person that they are reporting to doesn't know what they took so role officer yeah. So sometimes like in a study, the person who's administering the drug, they can know, but they're not the person who collects the data later. So the person who collects the data doesn't know. That's the that's the key person. But then the person giving the drug's going to wink. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined everything. So they like, ah, oh, I had the placebo. Ah, oh, shit. Watch for the signs. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You're getting the good stuff. This is the super soldier serum. <laughs> that looks like a can of Coke. 
Yeah, get out of here, Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> so next, do you know what endorphins are? It's the feel-good stuff. Yeah, it's, a, it's that feel-good drug in my brain. That, that's what Dr. Feelgood gives me. I don't think that's what Dr. Feelgood gives you. <laughs> no, he told me it's them endorphins. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, these do these are hormones that are produced by your body, and they do increase happy feelings, but they also reduce pain. So they can make pain go away. No, no, sir. I can't feel a thing. I'm the happiest man on earth. (laughs) So things like opioids are endorphins. They're just sort of not exactly artificial, but you know, another source of endorphin. They come from the ground. They're not bad. Yeah. Yeah, It's all natural. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just like cocaine. Which I pronounce cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cuckoo for cocaine. (laughs) And do you know what saline is? That's like a salt and water salt solution. Water? It's like salt water they give you. They gave it they gave it to a guy on the ship once when they got way too drunk. Yeah. That's what I got to do when I want to go out fishing. <laughs> I gotta go sailing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. It's water with just a hint of salt. I think I, I thought I read, wrote it down, but I guess I didn't. I think it's five percent salt. Unflavored Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Get them electrolytes. The next big thing. <laughs> it's a brackish treatment. Yeah. Raw. <laughs> and our final term here is not something you'll need to know, but I did think it was interesting. What is a placebo singer? Uh, that is what they gave all the people who got Salmonella Fitzgerald. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of it was real, so it wasn't. That's what you see on stage when you go to a karaoke night. <laughs> yeah. Not the real singer. Yeah. But it can make you feel just as good. Yeah, it's effective in 25% of listeners. Though. <laughs> and another thing. Wow, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> it's Taylor Swift's body double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, what do they call that? Karen. Kelly? Karen? <laughs> So this was more or less the first use of the word placebo. And like today, it had negative connotations. So in France in the 1200s, funerals were a big deal. There was a lot of reminiscing and afterwards was a lot of eating. So there were people who would make their way into the funeral sobbing and crying and saying, oh, what's his face? He left us too (laughs) soon in the hopes of scoring a free meal. It was a woman. (laughs) So the first placebos were fake mourners. Hmm. So you you invite this person to somebody's funeral so everybody else feels bad too? No, they they, they act bad so they can get the free food. Oh, right. It's like a prom crasher. Yeah. I like my idea better. (laughs) Is that John Stamos? (laughs) Oh my God, he's really crying. (laughs) So next, I'm going to list some things and I want you to tell me if placebos have been shown to help with this thing or not. So first off, pain. I'm going to say yes. yes. Yeah, we already got those endorphins to help Mind with over matter. <laughs> yep, placebos are effective in the treatment of pain. Infertility. That seems like no. a trickier one. This pill's making my ovaries go pop, pop, pop. <laughs> feel feel like I got a bad case of the babies. <laughs> I'm going to say it works. I don't know. I mean, the last one, it was just tricking hormones. I guess this one could be tricking hormones, too. Uh, no, I'm, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say yes. Kelly and Adam get it. It has been shown to be effective in helping with infertility. Get you in the mood. (laughs) What if I'm missing both testicles? It's faux Viagra. Diabetes. No. No. (laughs) It's pretend sugar. (laughs) Take these sugar pills for your pretend sugar. (laughs) I feel worse and worse every day. My arms feel funny. Maybe type two. (laughs) So far, no. Placebos have not been effective in any treatment for diabetes. Uh, allergy reduction. Yes. 
I could see that working for certain types of allergies. I, but I feel like if some kid's face is swelling up and he starts to choke <laughs> and I give him a fake shot. <laughs> Quick, take these. <laughs> and just believe in them really hard. <laughs> say no. Yeah, but like all those people you run into who are like, my eyes are itchy. It yeah. must be allergy season. If you were like... The next day you're like, oh, I just read an article. Those trees aren't blooming anymore. They'd be like, hey, I feel that's, better. That's what I'm saying. Like certain types of allergies I could see it helping with, but not like a contact allergy. Yeah, not a peanut allergy. Yeah. <laughs> yep, this is true. It has been shown to help in reduction of symptoms from allergies. You're going to revoke your medical license after this, Andy? I don't have <laughs> We just need to tell your dad we don't have a cat anymore, yeah, Sean. Yeah, there you go. Well, that no, no, that's that's a dog. <laughs> that's the other kid we had. <laughs> Say hello to your grandchild. What do you think of their fun Halloween costume? <laughs> Won't take it off. Don't mention their deformity. <laughs> Cancer. No, but I've been wrong no. so far. Though let's go. No, I, again, I think certain kinds like you could trick your hormones into killing it. Tumors? No, <laughs> no. I want to say yes. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe a tiny little bit, yeah. but probably not. I'm a tiny bit right. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of bit wrong. That's all it takes, they, Kelly. <laughs> in a, there's only been a few studies on that front, which is good because you don't want to give cancer patients something that probably won't work. But no, the government does that all the time. <laughs> but uh, they have been shown to help with like the symptoms of cancer. But yeah, they don't make tumors go away. Did you say chemotherapy? B twenty seven. Enco. Depression. Sure. Why yeah. not? Yep, that one is true. There's actually been a few studies that have shown that the bar for antidepressants is really, really low. So like an antidepressant might help in like 33% of patients, but the placebo helped in like 27% of patients. So, you know, the, the margin there is pretty small. 70% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Parkinson's syndrome. Hmm. Oh, I have to ask Montel. <laughs> no. What is that, like autoimmune or genetic? I, don't, I can't remember. I don't know. Uh, can I trick my genes? Yeah, if you put like bedazzling on them. <laughs> <laughs> Not trick out my genes. Uh, I'm going to say no, I guess. Yeah, my grandfather has Parkinson's and even real medication barely seems to work for that. So yeah. I'm going to say no. Uh, this is true. What? It has helped. I'm going to mail him some sugar. <laughs> Call back to our last episode, IBS. Yes. Yeah, that's that seems okay. I don't like they don't know what causes it, but yeah, so we don't know what fixes it either. Let's not say no. You can't stop the runs. The runs <laughs> stop you. Yep, this is true. You should take away my medical license at this yeah, point. You're really bad at fake medicine. <laughs> I think Andy just says no every time, and Adam just says yes every time. But which That's one how of I've us gotten this far. Which one of us can lie? <laughs> oh. You can only ask one of us. <laughs> Does that mean I can ask two of you? Oh, God. <laughs> Andy, yes. what do I say? Shit! <laughs> Healing of wounds. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just need to be tricked into activating my healing factor. <laughs> just grab you by the shoulders and say, you are Wolverine, Adam. You Shoot me on the shoulder. <laughs> He's been activated. <laughs> Weapon X. Did Andy guess? Yes, I said I said sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> nope, this one is false. Uh -oh. See, as soon as you start saying yes to things, Andy, you make us all wrong. <laughs> A good night's sleep. Does it help you sleep? 
<laughs> can a placebo make you think that you got oh, a good night's weird. sleep? Sure. Yeah, I could see that. So you slept poorly, but uh, you think you didn't? Right. Makes you feel well rested? <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I know when I'm awake. <laughs> I can tell. My eyes are open. Placebo's <laughs> already proved that we don't know when we're in pain. Well, we do. It's just our body treats the pain instead. So mm. My body can treat sleep deprivation. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Yeah, I got one. People who were somehow lied to about how much sleep they got did better on tests. God, I only I only slept 15 minutes. Shut up. You slept eight. <laughs> Actually, I think what they did in that study was um, they had them hooked up to a sleep monitor. And then when they woke up, if they had a really restless night, they would tell them like, wow, you got like six straight hours of REM sleep. That's really great. You got show them the other guy's results. Yeah, basically. That girl's carrying a dirty hat and yelling about a knife man. <laughs> <laughs> But she looks well rested. <laughs> and that concludes our acid pop quiz. So yeah, basically placebos have been shown to be effective in things that you feel, but not things that you have, if that makes any sense. I want to be part of the medical research field that gets to trick their patients into being better. <laughs> yeah. So as I mentioned, placebo meant I shall please in Latin. So it started as a verb. Uh, basically. As far as I can tell, it was first used as a noun in the 1200s in France with the placebo singers at funerals that I mentioned. Uh, the term made its way to England and there placebo stuck around, but the singer was dropped. So it oh. became a term that basically meant a fake thing. Uh, yes. and now, now at this time, I believe that uh, the placebo effect was quite strong. C.R humor, mercury, or antimony episodes. <laughs> but as soon as it was a recognized phenomenon, <laughs> people have gotten really mad about it. <laughs> I mean, if, if a placebo is a fake anything, then I'm not making counterfeit money. I'm making placebo dollars. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> so if someone finds out that a doctor is giving their patients something that doesn't do anything, they get pissed. And understandably so. It's a hell of a gambit on the doctor's part. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just medicine that deals with placebos. This next story in the history of placebos is one that makes me want to just burn it all down and start again. <laughs> Finally. But to preface this, I'm about as agnostic as you can get without being atheist. So just know that's where I'm coming from. Now, in the early 1500s, there were increasing occurrences of demon possessions and the use of holy relics to exercise said demons. Yep, yep. See our exorcism episode. The trouble was there were so many going on that the church was pretty sure that some people being possessed were faking and they were damn sure that some of the exorcists were phonies <laughs> with sham relics. Why the hell am I faking being possessed? <laughs> Jesus only had so many thumbs. <laughs> You've got Jesus's thumb? I've got Jesus's thumb. <laughs> So as we learned in our exorcism episode, the church only had a handful of card-carrying exorcists, so either their boys were working overtime or someone was faking. So the church started conducting their own blind trials to test both. Basically, they would find someone possessed and try holy things on them while telling them that they were normal things, or they would use normal stuff on them and tell them it was holy. 
Sounds like the makings of a new One Night Ultimate Werewolf. (laughs) In one case, a girl who was possessed was basically bathed in holy water and nothing happened. Then the priest took an empty holy water container and just filled it up with regular water and splashed her with it, and she writhed around in pain. Uh, Gotcha. (laughs) He touched her with a piece of metal he found and told her it was part of a cross. More hissing and writhing. I don't think a piece of a cross works. (laughs) got to be the whole thing. (laughs) Lastly, he told her that he was going to read her holy scriptures, but actually was just reading a play in Latin. (laughs) Hiss, writhe, hiss, hiss, writhe. (laughs) And so he came to the correct conclusion that she was faking, but had enough faith to totally miss the fact that he was also faking. (laughs) (laughs) Is it faking if you don't think you're faking? That's that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Oh no, it's the peasants who are wrong. (laughs) In another case, a possessed girl was able to distinguish between wine with holy water and wine with regular water. The priest said, we'll see about that, and they rushed to the town. They presented her with with several samples and asked her to pick out the one with holy water, and to their smug satisfaction, she could not. (laughs) All these smug priests. They felt vindicated, but the main point they proved wasn't that she was not possessed, but rather that there was in fact no difference in their samples. (laughs) Holy water doesn't ruin wine. That's good news. (laughs) Sacramental wine. It's only for blessing. For the next few hundred years, it's hard to deny that doctors were basically just scrabbling around in the dark. A patient comes to them and they really don't feel good and they're looking for some relief. Though they would never have admitted it, those doctors had no freaking idea what was wrong with that person. But what they did know from experience is that most of the time, things work out fine. So a lot of the time, what the doctors did was to make a bread pill, which is just to squish bread down into a pill (laughs) shape. All the kids used to do. Yep. And then they'd give it to the patient with their assurance that the pill would make them feel better. And I'll be damned if most of the time it didn't work. Doctor, this tastes like sourdough. Yeah, the cure is sourdough. <laughs> I always knew that, you know, bread was, was the one true way. I've been trying to tell people. A French surgeon in the early 1500s named Ambroise Perret said that a doctor's role was to cure occasionally, relieve often, and console always. Sometimes you need a hug. Yeah, that's all they had. <laughs> <laughs> all the best huggers. Like, well, I don't know what's causing that boil, but I'm just overflowing with hugs. (laughs) So for better or worse, that's what a lot of medicine was. But every once in a while, it would make some medical professional really mad. (laughs) For one, the placebo effect isn't very consistent. So while it might make a large minority of people feel better, the rest of the people were still suffering. Second, sometimes people ended up paying a lot of money for a hunk of metal or a ball of bread, and that's just not cool. And to me, most importantly, third, if the brain can do that, why the hell didn't it just do that in the first place? Yeah, right? Because we dumb. (laughs) We need that extra oomph. So things came to a head in the mid-1900s with a doctor named Henry Knowles Beecher. Now, Dr. Beecher was a good man, but he sort of got there by process of elimination. (laughs) He spent the latter half of his life advocating for ethical and safe treatment of patients in and out of clinical studies, but most of this was to make up for working for the CIA in the 1950s and conducting experiments on mind control and effective torture techniques. (laughs) Is mind control an effective torture technique? I don't know. Just decided he was a little concerned about the state of his soul. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Like, this lawful evil thing isn't doing it for me. (laughs) I have to get into heaven. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, Dr. Beecher was a doctor in World War II, and one day while he was treating some soldiers out in the field, he was running low on supplies. A wounded soldier came in in terrible pain, but the medical staff was all out of anything that could help. A nurse said, don't worry, I got this. She filled up a needle with saline, went up to the soldier and said, all right, I'm going to give you some morphine, and then injected him. Dr. Beecher watched with an extremely skeptical look on his face, but as soon as the nurse gave him the injection, he calmed down and went to sleep. Now, there's a lot of lessons he could have taken from this event. The human mind is a powerful thing, is an option. Desperate men will accept any help, is good. Saline cures all pain. (laughs) That nurse is magic. (laughs) A witch! (laughs) But what Dr. Beecher learned was that it's important to give patients something that actually helps. Anything less is unethical and cruel. So after the war, he started looking into the current FDA testing standards and found that in many of their tests, the medications didn't really do any better than the placebo. So those drugs were effectively useless. He published a paper called The Powerful Placebo, and it shook up the medical world something fierce. Beecher pushed hard for double-blind, randomized controlled trials on medical treatments, and largely as a result of his efforts, medical trials became much more stringent. However, under this belief system, you couldn't prescribe a patient a medication unless it had been shown to be effective, which meant that the practice of doctors prescribing placebos had to go. Up until then, it was fairly common for doctors to prescribe placebos, but that was no longer allowed. I mean, I've been charging people $50 a bread pill, and this stuff only cost me 99 cents. <laughs> so this is a bit of a problem for two reasons. First, placebos work. They do. It's frustrating, but patients often do better with them than without. And if you don't have anything else that does work. <laughs> right. So if a patient is suffering from something that has no known treatment, why not try a placebo? Why not try nothing? Second, analysis of Beecher's research in the last couple decades show that he had more than a little confirmation bias. He was so set on condemning placebos, he saw the placebo effect when it wasn't really there. More modern scrutiny shows that most of, if not all, of the doctor's data doesn't hold up to scrutiny. Mm. Oh, good. If he was saying placebo effects where there was no placebo effect, is that like a placebo? Yeah, it's like (laughs) the fact that the current atmosphere of placebos being evil nonsense and there being strict rules against their use comes from make-believe research is so (laughs) ironic it gives me a headache. So Dr. Beecher tried and almost succeeded in ridding the world of placebos through the use of a placebo. He would have gotten away with it, too. (laughs) But I get it. I really do. It would be so incredibly frustrating to work for years on a drug and then have people playing pretend do as well or better than people taking your drug. And there's a lot of medications and procedures out there that never had to go through double-blind studies. So do those medications work as implied, or are they just really good placebos? (laughs) Could a homeopathic headache cure work as well as Tylenol? If it could, is that a problem? Sure, placebos don't work for everyone, but if they work for you, shouldn't you take them? No. No? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's complicated. Have I wasted my life on a medical degree? (laughs) You said homeopathic and made my frown go down. (laughs) What if it's just water? It's not not water with the the hint of headache in it. You're still going to charge me $50. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's being charged $50 a day with me, so I guess. Everything must go. 
So I know what you're thinking. The placebo effect is all in your head. It affects your perception, but nothing physical. It's all in the hips. That is not true. I mean, if it works on IBS, that can't be true. Right, yeah. (laughs) So there was a study performed in 1978 on patients who had just had a molar removed. So all of the patients were in a similar amount of pain and very little actual danger. The scientists had saline, morphine, and naloxone, which is a drug that blocks endorphins. They would basically randomize one or two of these, give them to a patient, and then randomize what they told the patient they were given. So, say the patient was given morphine and told it was morphine. They consistently reported a reduction in pain. Good. That makes sense. Give them naloxone, then morphine, and tell them, and they didn't report as much of a reduction in pain. Hmm. Sure. Chemistry is still on our side. (laughs) Give them saline and tell them it's morphine, and they report a reduction in pain. And the hospital saves a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's dumb, but maybe they just think they are experiencing less pain. Give them morphine and tell them it's saline, and they reported drastically less pain reduction. Hmm. Give them morphine, then morphine, and then break (laughs) the bad news to their families. (laughs) (laughs) So that should not work. But again, maybe they're just imagining more pain. But this last one is the one that kills me. Give them naloxone without telling them, (laughs) then give them saline and tell them it's morphine and the patient reported less pain reduction. (laughs) So the scientists could stop a fake drug by giving them a real one without their knowledge. That means it can't be the brain and its perception. The patient truly had a reduction in pain, which means the placebo caused the production of endorphins. Hmm. So I could just drink like happy water? Yep. And just tell yourself it's great. That's all (laughs) you need. So in another, patients were given an allergy medication mixed with a nasty looking pink goop. This was called (laughs) Pepto-Bismol. But unbeknownst to them, half the patients were given the drug plus goop concoction for a while, and then they were just given goop. And a good quarter of the patients still saw a reduction in their allergies. So their immune system was suppressed by extra thick Kool-Aid. Nice. <laughs> and then they were given Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. <laughs> Vaginal steams. <laughs> So, okay, fine. Placebos can cause physical responses like the releasing of endorphins and reductions of allergy symptoms. But surely placebos can't do more than those minor effects, right? You trying to sell me on these placebos? Right. Right. <laughs> I know that it can get you pregnant. <laughs> You're using your sarcastic voice. Uh, well, maybe not. A few years ago, a man who was suffering from depression was in a trial for a new drug. During the trial, he got into a nasty fight with his girlfriend and she stormed off and he decided it was all too much. He went to the bathroom and he downed all his remaining antidepressants. A few moments later, he decided that this was a stupid idea and rushed (laughs) to the ER. There, he was pale and sweating, his heart rate was 110 and his blood pressure was 80 over 40, which is almost lethally low. They started treating him immediately, and they contacted the people running the drug trial he was in to find out what they were up against. They got a hold of one of the scientists, and they jumped in their car and rushed to the hospital. Meanwhile, the man had stabilized, but wasn't doing great. The scientist got there and breathlessly explained to the man that he was, in fact, in the control group, (laughs) and he'd been given a placebo. So he had overdosed by essentially swallowing nine Skittles. (laughs) They were all green apple. Bleh. 
His brain tried to kill him? His brain tried to kill him. So within 10- His brain was already trying to kill him. (laughs) So within 10 minutes, the man was totally fine, like nothing ever happened. So yeah, he just about killed himself with a placebo. Quick, take these M&Ms. It'll counteract the effect. (laughs) (laughs) The brown ones, they're the the best. (laughs) So at this point, I'm just like, screw you, brain. If you can make things better or worse, just make them better. Just be better off without brains. Mm Mm-hmm. But sadly, the veil gets even thinner. In the last 20 years or so, some medical professionals who must have been fed up with the whole placebo nonsense and just said, fuck it, tried open-label placebos. In other words, they told their patients, I'm going to prescribe you a placebo to help with your issue. If the patient didn't know what a placebo was, the concept was explained to them until they were (laughs) crystal clear on the fact that they were going to be taking sugar pills. Yeah, this is fake as shit, and I'm still going to charge you $50. (laughs) And get this, they worked. Now I've heard of maybe those. not for maybe not for everyone, but still, people saw improvement in their symptoms from eating Tic Tacs. <laughs> in one test, a woman who suffered from IBS on practically a daily basis and had been struggling with it for ten years, she was so desperate she signed up for a clinical trial of a new drug. She went in and was told that she would be receiving a placebo. Now she was a nurse, so she knew what placebos were, but she was so desperate she went along with it. About a week after starting, she went three days with no IBS symptoms. Then four, then five, then three weeks. It was literally the longest she had ever gone without symptoms. Then the trial came to an end and she was cut off. She had to break into pharmacies to steal (laughs) sugar. (laughs) So yeah, immediately the symptoms came back. After a week of suffering, she begged one of the people to write her another prescription for imaginary medicine, and he took pity on her and did. And again, the symptoms went away. I need my fix. I need you to lie to me about these pills. (laughs) (laughs) But they weren't lying. (laughs) So in addition to IBS, open-label placebos have been shown to be effective in treatment of chronic back pain and hay fever. Well, see, the first the first one I can get, like, mystery disease that we don't know what causes, cured by nothing. But back pain, yeah. But if you know it's nothing, why does it work? Like, why didn't it just go away then? Cause Do you have the know? answer in that no, script of I yours? Don't. <laughs> I don't know. A it drives me crazy. So now we know that placebos can confoundingly help with a lot of things. But here's some info you might find helpful when picking out your placebo of choice. First, not everyone is susceptible. For, so for some people, they just don't work. I bet they work for me. Yeah. I feel like I'm very placebo susceptible. Yeah. I'm very placebo-y. <laughs> Next, placebos have to be administered by someone with confidence. If you're given a placebo and the person giving it says, uh, maybe this will help, I think not so effective. So you're a good actor. I need Tom Hanks to give me these pills. (laughs) (laughs) Color is important too. Cool colors like blues, greens, and purples can help with relaxation or sleep. (laughs) And warm colors like yellow, orange, and especially red help with more active things like pain reduction. Hmm. Size also helps. The bigger the pill, the better it works. (laughs) Choke this down, schnitzel box. (laughs) Amount too. More pills equals good. (laughs) Yep. No, that'll kill you. We've already learned. (laughs) So injections are more effective than pills and surgeries are more effective than injections. The more medically it feels. Uh Uh-huh. But I, I feel... 
Like no matter what surgery you're giving me, it's it's not a fake surgery. You're still yeah. opening me. <laughs> no, well, they, like they just they put the curtain around your stomach and they they don't sedate you or anything. You just hear the tools running, but they don't actually cut you. <laughs> Sometimes they don't even have the tools. It's just the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got a gusher, and they they squirt <laughs> from behind the curtain. Scalpel noise. <laughs> <laughs> Never skip me the bone cracker. Yeah, for the uh, the surgeries, like one of the most famous ones is there's. This like some people have just like chronic pain in their soul and their soldiers (laughs) shoulder, and what they found is some of these people have tiny bone spurs like around the shoulder joint, and so there's a surgery where they open people up with a little laparoscope and they go in there and they shave down the bone spurs, and the people are like, oh yeah, that helps so much. That sounds. And then they started just cutting people open, and that's it. And then they just sew them back up and the people would still be like, oh yeah, that's great. Much, much better. Thank you. So yeah, for placebo surgeries, they still put you under and they still cut you open. They just don't do anything after that. That seems to uh, skate the edge of ethical just because yeah. it's dangerous to put someone under ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They can't use a placebo anesthesia, I assume. <laughs> no, count you're backward from 10. You're asleep now. <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, here comes the knife. Uh, wait a sec. You won't feel a thing. <laughs> I won't? This one's talking in their sleep. Wow. <laughs> Sleeping with their eyes open. That's impressive. And yeah, unfortunately, the more expensive the treatment, the more likely it is to work. So what you need is an expensive placebo surgery if you really have a problem. That's just the doctors telling us things now. <laughs> I found that if a patient buys me a new car, yeah. they feel better almost immediately. <laughs> Studies have shown that I, if I come in to do your surgery straight from my summer home, it works much better. I have to use my platinum tools. <laughs> and that was the last of the stories about placebos that I had. I got no stories about placebo. I don't know if I've ever taken any. If if I suddenly realize a lot of medication I've taken were placebos, will it undo all the good that was done? Will I, will <laughs> I be knows? like the guy at the end of Last Crusade? For the longest <laughs> time, I was convinced that like Advil didn't work on me. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually I was like, well, but it's medicine. It's got to work. So then it started working on my headaches. So you were placeboing yourself out of the benefits? Yeah, sure. Or maybe yeah. you placeboed yourself into them. <laughs> I I kind of have the same problem, Andy, where I like I get headaches a lot and Sean has to really coax me into taking medication because I'm always like, I take it and my head still hurts. But eventually my head stops hurting and I never know, like, did the Tylenol finally take effect or did the headache go away? Like, I don't know. I don't yeah. trust painkillers. <laughs> and I like I feel like the whole conversation is just like a Looney Tune walking out over a cliff, like yeah. If you Don't think about down. it too hard, does it does it all go away? Like, just play along and maybe it's all okay. But it's so hard to play along. And right before I die, I hold up a yipe sign. <laughs> Apparently, you can look down and still stand fine based on these open placebo Some of them. Demo trials. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a glass bridge. I guess I'm fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it bothers me as much as it bothers you. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is a heck of a mind trip. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know, like, I want to live in a world of facts, you know? So, like, if something works, it's because it works. It's not because you thought that it worked. Well, I think that's that's where you're tripping up. It's not that you think that it worked. It actually worked. It, it just worked without having administered any medicine. It, it work still it worked. worked. Yeah, but it didn't do anything. I did the thing. Yeah, it was all internal. <laughs> right. 
I didn't need the thing. At- you, but you did need the thing. If <laughs> they hadn't trigger. administered the thing, yep. you wouldn't have gotten the thing. Ah, <laughs> my brain! No, Sean's head exploding, not somebody shooting us. <laughs> it was a placebo bullet, I'm fine. <laughs> I have a I'm medicine- dead from this placebo bullet. Okay, stand still. This medicine gun cures all pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, placebos. They, they frustrate and fascinate me. Placebo. <laughs> Well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth. So you're going to accept an amount of money. And then for the rest of your life, anything that placebos have been shown to be effective for, if that thing happens to you and you take medicine, you've got a 50-50 shot that it's a placebo or not. Okay. So if I have a bottle of pills, is Mm -hmm. it a 50-50% for the whole bottle or for each pill? Each pill. Well, that's going to be a problem. Medications need to be administered like continuously. <laughs> well, it's just for things that placebos are effective for. So, like, if you've got a bacterial infection, which placebos don't help with, I you get- won't. You, you'll get actual okay. medicine. No, I willed nature to stop multiplying bacteria in me. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like Kelly's right. Like some of those medications kind of need to be consistent with them. Well, I would imagine anything that is consistent wouldn't be something that a placebo would work for. You know what I'm saying? Eh, maybe. Uh, no. But like my insulin, for example, True. I won't get a placebo insulin shot. Right. Wink. $50,000. So <laughs> this is how much. So tell me again, This is, we're stating a price for the rest of our lives. Half of our pills yep. are fake. And half uh-huh. of the surgeries, apparently. Yep. Only if the placebo has been shown to work for that thing. Though. Right. If I take the deal, do I get free health care? Uh-huh. No. What? I still have to pay for it? Everything goes along like normal. It's just when you get a treatment, it's a 50-50 chance that it's a placebo. Like I said, I think placebos would work on me. Yeah. Work better. No side effects. (laughs) But they can have side effects. (laughs) That's the thing. If you tell people, if you give people a placebo and you tell them, oh, side effects may include nausea, headaches. Sounds like it's the same side effects you'd get from the normal stuff. Yeah. Don't tell me there's side effects then. And that's actually a big quandary right now because people do these tests on medicine and they they show side effects in like 2% of people. But then those side effects get put on the commercial and then when people start taking the pill, like 30% of people get the side effects. Just tell right. Kelly there's only good side effects. Yeah. <laughs> this this pill will make you happier. You'll jump higher. Makes you smarter. <laughs> you can fly. You can run through walls. Don't test these. <laughs> <laughs> Just be content in the knowledge that it's there. <laughs> Just look smugly at all of your peers. Whole life is a long time, though. Yeah, yeah. not really. And oh, I get a lot of headaches. I think I would do this. Like, yeah. nothing. Nothing. dollars. <laughs> I mean... I'd be, I'd definitely do it for nothing if it was all supplied to me, but. <laughs> You've got to buy that medication, Adam. Now the taxpayers get it for me. I go to the VA. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to buy that medication for you, Adam. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> Happy to do it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause like, I feel like this is going to leave me in a philosophical quandary every time I take medicine. <laughs> like if it works, I'm like, was that real or was yeah. that me? And if it doesn't work, I'm like, was that real or was that me? Um, but I also kind of feel like I'm already in that situation, so maybe it won't really be that much worse. But Welcome to the last episode of Acid Pop before Sean loses his freaking mind. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's okay. And honestly, I don't really take that much medication, but oh, my poor brain. Um, What would make me feel better while I was taking these pills? Like, where, where could I go and like sit or something I could For the do? rest of your life. The angry yeah. dome drugs yeah 
<laughs> here's the, p- the pill that might be a placebo, and here's a pill that makes you not care. <laughs> I think 20000 I could probably get over that hump. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking $50,000. My price is going to be really steep unless it's not. <laughs> I want a placebo payment, if you will. <laughs> I want $2,000 a year. Okay. For as long as I live. Well, if the placebo kills you in two years, that's only... Yeah, like I said, it's really steep unless it's not. Oh, I see. So you want a stipend. Mm -hmm. You're not going to calculate that all out right now. I don't know how long I'm going to live. (laughs) I'll have to ask a little gypsy woman. (laughs) She gave me a pill that told me I'd live forever. (laughs) Tasted like chocolate. It was shiny. Miracle Max, they called her. All right. Well, I think that's it for today. Thanks for coming, guys. No problem. Thanks to the man behind the curtain, our editor, Gerard. Uh, And if you haven't had enough of us yet, you can find us on Twitter or Instagram at Acid Pop Podcast. And if you have a show idea or just want to say hi, we're on Reddit, or you can email us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. We also see that on Twitter, too. Thanks for listening. And remember, this podcast is only effective in 25% of patients. Bye.